Good afternoon to this Triangles Meditation Group, a weekly webinar in the support and strengthening of the Planetary Network of Triangles. Today is March 15th, 2021, and a warm welcome to everyone. As most of you know, we hold these weekly webinars to, as I said, support and strengthen the planetary network and also to introduce this work to new people. So if you're new to this work, welcome. And we hope that you will find in this service um, a planetary group that you can participate with each and every day. For although we meet only once a week uh, on a webinar, Triangles is a daily activity. Um, it's a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. Three people agree to link together uh, in a triangle of light, um, vivifying that link every day. They work together mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. And then as their triangle is visualized, they place it within the larger planetary network of triangles. And as the network is visualized, we sound the great invocation, a world prayer that helps to release and stimulate human consciousness, all those who can respond to that stimulation when it's released into the atmosphere. So the work need only take a few minutes each day, and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So as I said, if you're new and you'd like to form a triangle, you can place your name in the chat box and two other participants will surely agree to form a triangle with you. Or you can go to our Triangles Facebook page. It's called Triangles Meditation Group. And you can also find people from all over the world who are interested in forming triangles. And also on our website, triangles.org, you can find a place to fill out a brief questionnaire that will admit you to an online portal where you can also find triangles partners. So the short of it is that if you'd like to form a triangle, you can surely do so. And we're always here to help and you can email us. So as we do each week, let's begin with a brief visualization in the support of the network. So let's visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. and visualize within that sphere, a triangle. This triangle is composed of the three primary planetary centers, Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle, merging and blending the three points, filling the triangle with light. Now superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and present. 
radiating the energies of love wisdom. At each point of the triangle, the sphere's activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center of the star out through the five points. London. Darjeeling. New York. Geneva, Tokyo, visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the incoming energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. Project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy and sound together the mantra. Radiance are we and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. So after our meditation today, we are going to welcome Steve Nation, who heads up the New York headquarters of the Lucis Trust. And Steve began his work in association with the Trust many years ago in New Zealand um, with this founding of a Triangle Center. So he has a, lot, a long time experience with this work and a love of it. And we're going to have a discussion about the Triangles Network preparing for the three spiritual festivals. So we look forward to hearing from Steve shortly. We're approaching the time of the three spiritual festivals. Really in my understanding, it begins on uh, this Saturday, March 20th, here on the East Coast of the United States at 5 
6.38 a.m. with the equinox. Here it's the spring equinox, the time when our work begins in earnest. So this whole period of the three spiritual festivals is, as most of you know, known as the higher interlude of the spiritual year. And higher is here indicative of the fact that as far as humanity is involved, this is the time of greatest opportunity to achieve alignment with the spiritual hierarchy. It's the yearly correspondence to the monthly full moon period. The interlude of the year is a time, therefore, just as at the full moon period, when a door stands open. So we can consider how much wider that door stands open at the actual three spiritual festivals of the full moon. So it's a time when we're asked to hold to a point of tension, wherein we can become responsive to hierarchical impression. An interlude is a pause between two activities, a pause wherein while still active in the world, in our service work, we're asked to shift towards the cultivation of a keener and subtle attenuation to that which is seeking precipitation at any time. We might be advised therefore during this period to build in more quiet space into our lives, to work with greater focus in our inner lives, to listen more to that which is beneath the surface, to that which is really all around us and within us. This in-between space, which is an interlude, is sometimes referred to as a no man's land. It's a neutral zone between two different states of consciousness. And it's interesting to note that the Tibetan describes it as the place that is occupied by the new group of world servers. So we could say that we exist as part of this group within a planetary kind of interlude space. We're not fully in humanity, nor are we fully in the hierarchy. We're in that in-between space. And it's my understanding that also there is a group within hierarchy that is not fully within hierarchy, nor fully within the new group of world servers, but they're sort of like our inner higher correspondence of those much more advanced than ourselves who are there to work because they can more closely with humanity. They are stepping down hierarchical energies just as we're sort of translating and further stepping down the interplay between hierarchy and humanity. So our work together in triangles helps us to mediate this flow because as we know, the network acts as a bridge and it's a wonderful vehicle for the distribution of these uh, three spiritual festivals. And so it would be advised to focalize and intensify our work as triangles members during this period. And we can help the world situation as triangles members because we're not an ideology. We should never think of ourselves as one and we're not part of any political movement and therefore not partisan in any way. We should try not to be. We're working with energies and we're stepping them down, transmuting them so as to be more readily appropriated by the human kingdom and the three lower kingdoms as well. Opening people's eyes, this work of transmitting energies from hierarchy, awakening them to the vision and the steps each can take in their own lives to help realize that vision. At this time of the interludes, there's a mixing and blending, as I said, of hierarchy and humanity's energies. We can look at the whole interlude of the higher, this higher interlude of the spiritual year 
as a mixing and blending of these potent energies, not so much separating them off, but seeing them each contributing towards the whole of this festival's period. Mixing and blending between three potent signs, Aries, Taurus, and Gemini. And the representatives of these energies on our planet, the Christ, the Buddha, the two great second-ray lords, and the planetary Logos himself, the Lord of the world, who is the one initiator. It's also a time when we blend through these higher interlude period hierarchy, Shambhala, and humanity, merging and blending them as one great triangle of light as we do, as we attempt to do in our visualization. So we could look at the whole higher interlude period as a higher correspondence, as I said earlier, to the full moon approach. Aries could perhaps be viewed as uh, beginning with the equinox period as this whole preparatory period, just as we have a five-day full moon approach. Aries we might look at as the preparatory period. And then when we move into the Waysack, I would like to think of the Waysack until the Christ Festival as the period of silence, the silence that we observe on the actual day of the full moon itself, because we then cooperate with the world teacher in holding that energy that he receives on behalf of the Buddha for humanity. We can attempt in our way to hold that energy and then from the day of the Gemini full moon until the summer solstice, we can hold that point as the distribution period of these energies. So let's now hold this period in our thoughts as we go into our meditation. Let's link in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group. And as a group, we project a line of lighted energy towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Not shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light.
visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the radiant worldwide triangles network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love, which underlies and infuses the network. Lift the consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating healing and transforming human consciousness, establishing right human relationships.
Again, project a bridge of lighted energy towards the hierarchy and sound together the mantra of unification. The souls of all are one and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. See the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Prior to sounding the great invocation, let's pause to consider the meaning of the words before they're poured out. And as we do so, let's visualize a channel connecting humanity and the spiritual hierarchy, a channel through which love and light and divine purpose may flow. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. <laughs> 
Thank you, everyone. And so now I'd like to welcome Steve. Hello, um, let me unmute your microphone. Okay. Hey, Kathy. You, oh, hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Okay. That was a beautiful, um, thank you for that introduction and uh, that beautiful meditation, thank you. Oh, thank you. So let me see if I can, there we go. All right. <laughs> So we have a few questions for you uh, first, before we open it up to the wider audience. And we might extend our work a little, a few minutes today to accommodate the people who didn't realize we were starting at a different time since we've gone on to daylight time here. Um, so Steve, from your experience in this work, how would you describe the opportunity offered by, to the group during this three spiritual festival period? And how particularly can triangles workers contribute to this time? The, um, I think you introduced um, the festival so beautifully. And in a way, that question is more for us to think about the Triangles Network. Yeah. Um, and so to think what a living thing this etheric network is. And it really, this really only makes sense for people who are participating in triangles. If you have a triangle, if it's a part of your daily experience and a part of your sort of the rhythm of your spiritual life, then it's very interesting to think about the network as a whole. I love that thought this, that there's this etheric network that Everyone who participates in a daily triangle is a part of creating. It's been created back through generations and it will continue through generations ahead. And so because the three festivals, this idea of um, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, representing the high point of the spiritual year, the sort of higher interlude for the whole 12 month period. The thought is to think of this triangular network of light on alert mm -hmm. for three months. And what that on alert means almost is um, it's like the silence that you spoke of for Waysac. It's, um, mentally listening to the higher world of the spiritual realities, yeah. which is the world of hierarchy. So, um, and I love that your suggestion, I know we're going to talk about this a little later, but the idea that these three festivals, this high point starts with the spring equinox yeah. Um, which is also the autumn equinox. I mean, the two mm -hmm. things, because uh, throughout the spiritual life of humanity, those two points and then the other two solstice points are really central to the world of human experience, the spiritual world of human experience. Yeah. Um. The three SF, the three spiritual festivals, is a time of considerable spiritual stimulation, as anyone who's participated in it knows. Um, what can be the possible results of this opportunity, both positive as well as are there any challenges to this intense energy inflow? The, um, the full moon is a time of great spiritual of stimulation. So there's energy pouring into human consciousness at the time of the full moon. And the three festivals, these three high points, um, sort of heighten that for, for the, in the 12 months of the year that is heightened, but it's also extended over this period of three full moons. Mm. So therefore there's a terrific amount of spiritual energy pouring in and and that is the energy of stimulation so that really brings up the question of um, how we individually and as a group handle this inflow of energy and in essence I guess be interesting to hear what I mean I'd love to hear what you think about this but for me I would say the essence of that is the 
ability to observe with detachment, um, with a measure of love and understanding. Um, and from that detached point of, of observation, have the mind focused on the, the work that's being done for humanity, the, 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 the work that um, the Christ and the Buddha um, and the ashram are doing to awaken humanity because everything really, we have to train ourselves to be so sensitive to human need. And we're at such a time in history, whatever that means, maybe it means 20 years, maybe it means in human terms, it's hard to tell, but we're at a time of a great turning of a sort of reorientation. And so the more we can just observe what's happening in our own um, response to these energies that are around and universalize our thinking to think of a stable network of triangulars of spiritual workers forming a network of triangles um, that has the strength as a group to not be drawn into the stimulation of the lower nature, the stimulation of desire, the stimulation of the busy mental body, um, to simply observe the human and to, as a human being, be aware of this, of these incoming energies of light and love and will in the knowledge that they are actually transforming human relationships and that we're playing a, a, a role in that as a group rather than, you know, so often you hear in spiritual terms, people want to talk about their own particular experiences. And I would say one of the sort of tools for helping to handle the stimulation that comes the full moon, but also during this extended period of three months is to center in the work that's being done by the soul um, and the spiritual work um, and centered in the group and in the nations and not be thinking so much about our own experiences. What do you, but what do, I was, it's a, it is, it's a really important issue. And, um, you know, in any group I've ever been in, it's always a time when you have to, um, something comes up. And so each individual is asked to take responsibility for being detached, observing, and standing strongly with the soul and with the spiritual world. Yeah, I think there's, um, like we said, a lot of a lot of spiritual stimulation coming in at these times, and people uh, who are maybe newer to the path, they might think, well, that must be wonderful, and of course, it's going to result in some enlightenment experiences for me and for my group. And while on the one hand, yeah, that is the hope and that is the potential, um, but at the same time, there isn't enough communication, it seems to me, about the possible um, overstimulation, which we're talking about here. And people are sort of, I don't think they really understand much about what it is even. So I just, just because we, um, we at the trust, we deal with it a lot, um, both within our own lives and mm. in the students and the participants in all our work, we see the effects of what the Tibetan describes um, on the really negative end of the ladder as the occult wrecks. You know, he says the path is strewn with the occult wrecks. Um, and those are people who think that uh, more and more is better. But I think the Tibetan's teachings and all wise spiritual teachings would say to make haste slowly mm -hmm. to, we're often unaware that we're overstimulated. That's the, the problem we're taking in so much energy and we feel this uh, sometimes uh, 
revving up of our lower vehicles and we take it as a sign of uh, great spiritual stimulation where in effect it can cause a lot of problems and if we're not wisely appropriating these energies it can lead to serious damage and so we just like to always caution anybody who's participating in in this work to any extent to observe yourself and if you have any of the signs of overstimulation which is as Steve mentioned, increased mental activity, uh, stimulation of the emotional or physical vehicles, insomnias, uh, anger, pr being prone to anger. Those kinds of things are sometimes very clear signals that you're overstimulated, which can happen so easily during this time. And so you need to um, just cut back on your spiritual work. I can remember the first time I went to an arcane school conference uh, many, many years ago, and I was so excited to be there and it was wonderful. But by the end of it, I was lying behind a wall <laughs> on a carpet because I, I was so ill from my head was exploding basically, you know, with a migraine. And you just, those are the kind of things that can happen. So we all need to, be very careful. It's, it's a really interesting question because rhythm is important too. So establishing a sense of rhythm. Yeah. And then listening to that, one thought is also that by dealing with issues like overstimulation, just this incredible flow of energy and understanding that, oh, of course, I'm a human being like every other human being on the planet. And mm -hmm. so as I can, any little step I can take, I'm doing it on behalf of the whole. I mean, it's not just about me. It's about the whole of humanity's spiritual life and all real serious spiritual groups who develop rhythm and approach to the ashram, rhythm and approach to the higher spiritual worlds, um, a measure of detachment and sitting lightly in the saddle. They're real contributions to humanity being able to deal with the stimulation that's happening because of the increased energies coming in from the yeah. spiritual realms. Yeah. Sometimes people write to us and they describe their problems um, that they're having with overstimulation and they say, what, what can I do? What technique can I have to clean this up? And uh, we actually say, give up your spiritual practices for a time. You know, don't do don't engage in any meditation. And uh, if it's really challenging, don't even do your triangles work, you know, just you need to get centered in a way that's grounded. And so, uh, and even spiritual reading of, of books and texts can be overstimulating. So you have to watch it all. And we often advise just being involved in really grounded work like gardening or service work, um, in a soup kitchen or, you know, something like that, something very practical as a way of um, quieting down your vehicles. Suzanne has just suggested go hug a tree. Yeah, <laughs> good suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Anything like that. Yeah. Um, on sat Saturday, we have the March solstice and then we begin our preparation for the Easter Aries festival. Do you have anything you'd like to share that we can keep in mind during this preparatory period? Yeah, the, um, it's interesting because one of the things about the three festivals that um, makes them of such significance is that they unite their festivals that involve the huge numbers of people um human consciousness um for the easter festival um so there's the whole of the christian community um and at its in its it to me the christian community like any spiritual community is progressively points within it are progressively becoming deeper and those points are become reaching more people they're becoming sort of more anchored in human consciousness within every, in every religion. Um, and so you've got this mass of um, people during the Easter period 
who are reflecting and listening to sermons and thinking about resurrection yeah. and the risen Christ. So that's a terrific, from a hierarchy's viewpoint, and when we do our triangles, to think that that's alive in the network mm. of triangles, that deep human pondering at all different levels, depending upon the depth of the individual, but collectively humanity is thinking that. Now, the, that ties in with the fact that the equinox, the spring equinox, um, nearly every culture has festivals and rhythms and rituals that are related to spring. Again, and usually they're related to the theme of resurrection, the new life. Um, and in, of course, in the Southern Hemisphere, that's slightly reversed, but often in the Southern Hemisphere, the, um, the autumn equinox is preparing for a time when the light withdraws and will, in the knowledge that it will then return again. So it's still the same thing. So um, I think that it's interesting to think of um, Easter as the spring festival. You know, it, Easter is celebrated in the church as the, it's, it's the first, Easter Sunday is the first Sunday after the first full moon after the equinox. Mm. Um, and so also um, the full moon, when we will be celebrating Easter, is about a week ahead of the, um, the Western Christian church. Orthodox Christianity has a different, observes Easter on a different time. Uh -huh. um, but um, it's interesting. The thing of dates are, are really interesting. And this year, WESAC um, is being observed at a different time um, by the esoteric community. Um, and within the Triangles Network, we're um, suggesting that WASAC is observed in, in April, in the full moon in April, um, whereas in many Buddhist traditions and at the UN, WASAC Day at the United Nations will be observed as the May full moon mm. in May. And to me, this just means that we need to look to a certain extent at the three festivals as a whole. Um, the reason there's a difference is that in the Alice Bailey tradition, um, the festivals are observed uh, in relation to the Aries, Taurus, and Gemini full moon. Um, and in most of the religions, um, they're observed differently and, and, and generally for Buddhists, not all Buddhist communities. It's all, every year, um, different Buddhist, Tibetan Buddhists celebrate um, Waisak and one month and um, Theravada Buddhists celebrate Waisak on another month. So there's always difference within the communities, but it just means that you've got this three month period, yeah. um, extended period when the spiritual life of humanity is stimulated. And from our perspective, we would say the spiritual worlds are at a peak point, um, at a high point pouring these energies into humanity. Thank you. Um, well, the final question that I have before we open it up to the audience is um, that over the last few months, we've had a number of comments, which we haven't gotten to. We're not avoiding the comment, but just haven't had time to really address this issue of the adapted wording of the great invocation. Um, and a number of people um, have just questioned why we use the adapted wording. So I wondered if you have anything you can share with the group about that. Yeah, I, it's, it's a really interesting issue. And I know people get um, agitated and um, about it, and that's very understandable. I, from the perspective of the trust, um, the, the the Great Invocation, as it was given by the Tibetan in 1945, is the form of the, the invocation that is used at full moon med meditation meetings and at most, um, on most occasions at the Archangel School Conference, for example. However, in 2000, um, the Trust decided completely on its own initiative, um, taking full authority for the decision that because we were receiving so much 
um, so many comments from people who found it difficult to understand, particularly the use of men um, in the original version of the Great Invocation. And upon reflection, for a long time, we just said, no, the invocation is the, is, is, is the set form as it's given by the Tibetan. But we began to think, well, this is a sign that, because language is always cultural. So um, you can't say a word means such and such. Um, it is how is the word understood at a particular time in history? And the meaning of the word men has changed. Um, for so many people. Um, and in a sense, that's a response to human awareness about um, human rights, about the rights of, of all individual human beings. And so we decided on our own initiative to offer an adapted version so that um, replacing the word men with human in different places, and also to emphasize the universality of the world teacher um, to replace the words, may Christ return to earth with, may the coming one return to earth. Um, but still it's used by, um, both versions are used by many people. Some people just use the original version. Some use the adapted version. I don't think it really matters too much. I think the important thing is to be fully um, immersed in the meaning of that invocation and that call. Um, Thank you. All right, so now let's open it up. If anybody would like to raise their hand and share audibly, and we can unmute your microphone if you click on your name in the participants box. And I guess many of you have already shared comments that Steve, you might like to read and comment on those if you'd like. Yeah, I will, but can I, I noticed Kit, um, a, a comment from Kit about the dates, because I realize we haven't given the dates of the oh, three okay. spiritual festivals this yeah. year. Uh, and first of all, if someone could put in the chat box, the um, there's a, a web page for the three spiritual festivals that gives the dates, but basically um, this year, the festivals of the Taurus full moon is the, sorry, the Aries full moon is March the 28th. The Taurus full moon is April the 26th and the Gemini full moon is May 26th. Um, and sometimes there's um, the dates of the meditation meetings that Lucis Trust will be offering um, through Zoom will be a day earlier than that. So let's have a look. So Heather has recently been meditating with my 14-year-old and we use the adapted version of the Great Invocation. The 14-year-old couldn't connect with the original version. Men was a barrier, right. But the adapted version is right. I use both, it depends on which. Beautiful, I mean, that's the spirit in which this invocation is offered, the adaption is offered. And it's also drawn on the fact that DK um, himself said, um, in a message to Alice Bailey, recommended that in particular cases, um, if there's an aversion to a particular wording, change it to um, a wording that has the same meaning. Um, and he specifically referred to, he said, so in the Christian community, many will prefer to use the word master than masters. Um, so in a way that sort of... Um, gives the nod from decay that the wording can be changed. Um, and as Kit says, there's much more openness to the adapted version. And the great invocation is not something that any of us in workers in triangles or students of Alice Bailey own. It's for humanity as a whole. And the real, the important, the really important thing is for as wide a group of people to use the invocation as possible, and um, and each one of us then, each person takes responsibility for the depth of their understanding with which they use it, but it's meant to be used widely. Does the change affect the potency of the GI? Well, that's a subjective question. My response is no. Um, um, I think each of us have to answer that question for ourselves. I mean, 
clearly, if I thought it, it did affect the potency of the great invocation, then I wouldn't suggest that anyone use it. Um, oh, good. The, um, the festival's meeting dates, the website's up in the chat box. Yeah, Angela, you're right. Um, the, the original Sanskrit meaning for of men is, well, it's for mind and for thought. Um, and clearly that's the uh, meaning it has in the Great Invocation. And also at the time when the Great Invocation was issued in 1945, that was for, in the English language, that was the most widely accepted um, understanding of what the word men actually meant. So for most people, not some, but for the vast numbers of people, um, there was no question about what men meant. Now that's different. The, the consciousness of language has changed, so that is no longer the case. I agree with you, um, Terin Liv, that um, about the root, root word of man as being one who thinks, and that's a powerful thought and symbol. I agree because it, even if we, if we use the word human, we're really challenged, if we're using the great invocation, we're challenged to use um, human in the sense of spirit, soul, body, um, soul and personality, the two make up the human um, and the role of thought. The human is the one who thinks. And Heather, she also says that she hasn't found changing the wording affects the potency of the invocation. Aha, <laughs> working through. Um, Nisa asks what we think about changing. I seek from the mantra of unification, I seek to love, not hate. Changing that to I seek to love. It, thanks for asking that, Nisa. I've, I've seen that a few times. Um, I don't, I, uh, we each of us have to respond to what is authentic to us. For me, there's something specific in the idea I seek to love, not hate. And to me, it, the, the not hate gives emphasis to um, something I seek to love as a positive thing. And if you like, negatively, I seek to ensure that the poison of hatred um, is eliminated from my system. And that's a positive thing to do. So I personally um, like the um, sort of emphasizing that I seek to both love and at the same time, I seek to not hate. So seeing those poisons that are in my system when I use that invocation and it is my will and intention to remove those poisons. Kathy, do you, what do you think? Yeah. A, I've seen that often. Yeah, I agree. I remember reading something recently that Dot wrote about that, um, reflecting, I don't know, I shouldn't paraphrase what she said, but it was something to the effect that the way it is written gives the sense of the balancing between the pairs of opposites, which is so often what we have to do on the spiritual path, you know? It's a, finding the balance and um, mediating between the extremes. I mean, we live in a world of extremes and so the mantra doesn't seek to avoid that reality. Exactly. It, it gives us a way to balance, like they say in the Yoga Sutras, build in the opposite polarity. And I think the use of the mantra helps aids us in that regard. It's a nice thing of attachment. So um, detachment means attach from from one 
thing and attach to something else. Yeah. Interesting that this, it's a great invocation that um, uh, people are responding to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, seal the door where evil dwells. That's such a, an occult phrase. I, for me, I really, because it's not something, may it seal the door where evil dwells. It's not something that we as human beings have the ability or the power to do is to seal that door where evil dwells. But we do have the possibility and the capability to remove the glamours and illusions um, and the result of that will be that it's possible for the forces of light to um, seal the door where evil dwells. And the other thing is, I always think about that, it's really important to emphasize that evil is not the sort of human, the, the, the glamour mire and illusion. That's not evil. Evil is referring to forces of darkness to, to cosmic forces. Um, and, and those cosmic forces are sort of let into the human, um, let into humanity through glamour, mire and illusion. But our responsibility is with glamour, mire and illusion. I'm sorry, um, friends in Mexico, um, but maybe Kathy, I, I, we've just had a chat, so there's no transcript. Maybe Kathy has one for her <laughs> first, because did you have some notes from your first? Sí, pero no voy a compartirlos. <laughs> Lo siento. Son rough draft. <clears throat> Lo siento. Is it that when we build the triangles from the squares that we seal the door? The result of um, that, I guess, is that it makes it possible to seal the door. But our work is to focus on what is our responsibility and to trust that um, that's the greatest contribution we can make to the sealing of the door. Well, maybe one more comment, Steve, before we end. Um... Right. Um, so, yes, I think just to imagine the whole of this network of lighted triangles. Imagine it as being much more than just those of us who participate in the triangles work, but all points of light, all the deeper spiritual workers from every tradition forming an etheric network of relationship. Um, and this whole network being as it were at attention, mm -hmm. deeply oriented to the higher worlds and invocative of these higher spiritual realities for an extended period of three months, that it's a sacred time and it's a sacred work. Thank you so much. And thank all of you for being here and week after week with your attention to this beautiful work. And so let's just close with a moment of silence to connect with all triangles workers throughout the world and with all humanity. Thank you. See you next time. Thank you, Steve.
Thank you, Kathy.